Hello, my friends, this is Pastor Christopher Alam. I trust you are doing well and are blessed in all things. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And we are talking about the Acts of the Apostles, and this is where we are right now. But before I continue with the subject, I want to uh, talk to you uh, about a testimony. This is a very fascinating testimony from one of our crusades. Years ago, uh, I was in uh, the town of Lubumbashi in uh, the southern part of uh, Congo, um, the, you know, the Democratic Republic of Congo. There are two Congos. There's a little Congo, which is Congo Brazzaville, and there's a Democratic Republic of Congo, which is, which is the big Congo, and that's where we were. And I had with me a, a very well-known Pentecostal evangelist, uh, Pastor David Newberry, uh, an older man of God, a veteran of the missions field. So uh, he was an Assemblies of God missionary in Africa for many, many years. A mighty man of God, greatly used by God. And I love and respect Brother Dave. And uh, he often comes with me to Africa. And whenever he comes, he's welcome to share my pulpit. So anyway, I was doing this crusade in, in Lubumbashi. And one night, uh, you know, when I called forward the sick, uh, uh, they, all the sick people came to the front and I usually pray for the deaf first. So uh, I called for those who were deaf and uh, anyway, all the deaf people came, stood in, in line and I normally have the pastors lay their hands in their deaf ears and then I pray from the platform and then God opens the deaf ears. So anyway, what happened? There was this one pastor right in the, in the middle of the line and he was, he was trying to get my attention because I was up on the platform was up on the platform, he's trying to get my attention. So uh, I said, what happened? And this guy was saying that the man in front of him didn't have any ears. Uh, he, was, he spoke to me through the interpreter. He spoke Lingala, which is the local language. And the interpreter said, that, well, uh, this man has no ears. I said, what do you mean he has no ears? He has no ears. So he lifted his hair. And I noticed that he had no ears. He didn't have, even have apertures, holes where the ears should be. His ears, I mean, this, this whole was, thing was flat, like his cheek just continued. So he had no ears, he had no apertures here. So I said, uh, you know, I said to him, I said, well, put your finger where, uh, fingers where the holes should be. So he put his fingers at the spot where the holes should have been. And I prayed from the platform in the name of Jesus. And then I said, okay, all the pastors, check those who were deaf, check their deaf ears. And they begin to check them and people begin to receive the hearing. And this man, who had no ears, he, you know, he had no apertures, he began to hear and, uh, and, and he began to talk. And we were all shocked. I was watching and I, I said, he has no ears, he has no holes, and yet he could hear and repeat everything. And he was talking. So Pastor David Newberry, who was with me on the pulpit, he saw all the excitement. He said, uh, he said, what happened? I said, Pastor, go and check. So Pastor Dave went off the platform and went and I saw him kind of, you know, ch checking the guy. And then Pastor Dave comes back, white as a sheet. I said to Pastor Dave, what happened? Pastor Dave said, this guy, uh, I tried to speak to him through, uh, through the interpreter, you know, to, and he began to speak to me in perfect West Texas English. He said, I was shocked. He spoke to me in perfect West Texas English because uh, Pastor Newberry, he comes from uh, Lubbock, Texas. He said he spoke to me like he was from West, West Texas. And then he spoke to the interpreter in 
perfect French because French is the is the official language of Congo. Perf beautiful French and Pastor David was shocked. So here's a man who was born without ears, didn't even have apertures, uh, born deaf and mute, had never heard, never spoken, and God somehow gave him the ability to hear without having any, any ears. And not only that, but he spoke to Pastor David Newberry, who is from Lubbock, Texas, in perfect West Texas English. And then he spoke to the interpreter in beautiful French. I was shocked. My head was spinning. I'd never seen a thing like that before. Anyway, the next day, Pastor Dave and I, we were walking in the market, the city market, and we see this guy. He walks up to us and speaks to us in perfect English, and he still has no ears. So anyway, this, is a, this was an astounding and amazing miracle. But you know, here's the thing. What a mighty God we serve. And right now, uh, I saw there's a, a book that is being given out, you know, some, I don't know who it is, some, but they're publicizing it and it talks about how, uh, how Christians have, how people have distorted history and turned Jesus, he was an ordinary man, into a God. And I thought, what nonsense, Jesus Christ is God because the Bible says that he was before all things and by him all things consist. And, you know, the Bible says that he created all things and there's nothing that was made that was not made without him. And I mean, I have seen his power and his glory. I've seen dead people come to rise when they hear the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is the name above every name and he is the son of God. So for me, this is not even a discussion because he we are privileged because we serve such a wonderful and mighty God. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is Lord. Anyway, so I'm going to read to you from, uh, from, uh, uh, from the scriptures, talking about the ministry of the apostles. And let's look at Acts chapter 14, verses 8 to 10. And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother, mother's womb who had never walked. And the same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, stand upright on thy feet and he leaped and walked. Now, this is this story is very interesting because in Acts chapter 14, you read how the disciples of Jesus were persecuted and they had to escape. And uh, Paul uh, came to this place called Lystra. I mean, he was on flight. He was escaping persecution and he came to a place called Lystra. And it says here uh, in verse 7, uh, the verse in verse 7, chapter 14, it says there they preached the gospel. So uh, they, the apostles were persecuted and they were escaping and they stopped in Lystra, that was Paul, and uh, he preached the gospel. And then it says there was a, while he was speaking, there was a man who was lame from his mother's womb, paralyzed from his mother's womb. He was a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked and the same heard Paul speak. So this man who had never walked was sitting and hearing Paul speaking. And he said, Paul was steadfastly beholding him and Paul saw, Paul saw that this man had faith to be healed. And when Paul saw that faith, he said to the man, rise up and walk. And the man who had never walked before got up and walked. No. When I read this story, I thought, wow, what was it that Paul preached? Because here it says here that this man who was lame from his mother's womb, 
sat on the ground and listened to Paul preach. Now, this man, I can imagine, you know, he came from a society where they believed in many gods and they were fatalists. They believed that whatever happened was with a purpose, good or bad. And so I'm sure he had existentialist questions that everyone in his position has, you know, why am I crippled? What did I do to be born crippled? Why am I like this? And they had told him the same thing uh, as they always do that, look, listen, it's the will of the gods. Don't ask such questions. Nobody knows the answer to this, but I'm sure something good will come out of it. There's a purpose for it. So just relax and just take it. Don't worry about these things because you cannot change your situation anyway. So here's, here's a guy in that position. His life was one of hopelessness, no expectation, whatever, you know, he, he's, he's born lame, he's going to die lame, and he's sitting there listening to Paul preach. Now, whatever it is that Paul preached was so powerful that it changed this man's position in life so that from a place of utter hopelessness and despondency, his uh, everything was changed and he from that place of hopelessness and despondency, he came, he was suddenly at a place of, of such faith that all that, Paul, that firstly, Paul could see it on his face. Normally, faith is not seen in people's face. Faith is a quality of the heart. But when it's extra strong, it shines through a man's face. So Paul saw faith on this man's countenance and he saw that the faith was so strong that all that Paul had to do was to say, him, say to him, rise up and walk and the man jumped to his feet and walked. So I thought, I wish that somebody had kept a record of Paul's sermon, that that sermon was so powerful that it changed this man's position in life from a place of utter hopelessness to such a place of faith that all Paul had to do was to say, rise up and walk, and he jumped up and walked. So I said, Lord, it is so unfair that, that we don't have that message that Paul preached. I would like to know what it is because if I knew what Paul had preached, I would write it down and I would preach nothing else. I would just preach that message and Everywhere I preached that message, people who were in hopelessness would come to a place of faith and lame people would walk, great miracles would happen, people would be saved, people's lives would change. And the Lord said to me, but you know that message is right here. And I thought, Lord, where is it? And then I looked at verse 7, where it says, and there they preached the gospel. And the Lord said, that life-changing message is the gospel. And then he said something to me, if you preach a message and it does not change people's lives and listen to me, the Lord, this is what the Lord said to me. If you preach a message that doesn't give hope to people, that doesn't lift them out of a place of utter hopelessness and despondency to a place of faith, then it is not the gospel. You may call it the gospel. You can call it whatever you like, but it is not the gospel because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. The Lord said to me that the gospel is so powerful that when it is preached and people believe it, they rise up out of hopelessness and despondency to a place of faith where anything and all things are possible. Hallelujah. 
So that is why, beloved, we must get away from all these other things that we disguise with the name gospel and we must preach the true gospel and the true gospel, you know what it is? It is the story of the virgin birth, the sinless life, the death upon the cross, the resurrection of the from the dead of the Lord Jesus and that he is has ascended to heaven and he's coming back again. That is the gospel that he came to this earth and he became one of us and then he died upon the cross bearing upon himself all of our sins and all of our diseases and all our infirmities and all our shame and then he died went to Hades and God raised him from the dead hallelujah and he's seated at the right hand of the father and he's coming back that beloved is the gospel message and that is where the power is and that's what Paul was preaching because he preached the gospel and that gospel message gave such faith to the man that all that Paul had to do Paul saw on his face that the impact of his words and he said to the man rise up and walk and the man rose up and walked so that gives you an insight to the kind of message they preached in the book of Acts hallelujah let's go to the next example is Acts uh, chapter um, 20 there's a story and upon the first day of the week when the disciples came together to break bread Paul preached unto them, unto them ready to depart on the morrow and continue his continued his speech until midnight I mean my goodness these days there are pastors who think you know I, I go to churches and they say brother 35 minutes that's it I said brother I'm Pentecostal. It takes me 45 minutes just to get warmed up. You know, what are you saying to me? Paul, I don't know how long he preached, but he preached late and uh, he preached until midnight. And you know what happened? There were many lights in the upper chamber where they were gathered together. And there sat in a window a certain young man called Eutychus being fallen into a deep sleep. I mean, he was tired, he fell into sleep. And as Paul was long preaching, he sunk down with sleep and fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. So you think as what happened was that he dozed off while Paul, Paul was preaching because Paul preached late into the night and, and he fell three, three floors down and he fell down and he died. And look at Paul, what Paul did. And Paul went down and fell on him and embracing him says, trouble not yourself for his life is in him. When he therefore was come up again and had broken bread and eaten and talked a long time, even till break of day, so he departed and they brought the young man alive. So this is a story of Paul raising up a man from the dead. This man fell dead in his meeting. Now, let me read one more story. Uh, this is the last story we'll read from the book of Acts before we go into other things. Now, Acts 28, I'm going to read 1 to 10. And they, this is when Paul was uh, in a shipwreck and, and they were washed ashore and they came, you know, there were three days and three nights in the sea. Paul was clinging to a spar of wood and uh, a mast or something and he hung on there for three days and three nights and he was totally soaked to the bone, uh, he and the rest of the crew of the ship. <coughs> and then they were washed the shore on the island of Malta. I've been to Malta. It's an island in the Mediterranean. He said when they were escaped, then they knew that the island was Carmelita. That's the old name of Malta. And the barbarous 
people showed us no little kindness for they kindled their fire and received us everyone because of the present rain and because of the cold. So it was cold and rainy and they were soaked. And so they lighted a fire. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast, the snake, hang on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he, though he has escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. And you know what Paul did? So this was, they lit the fire and a snake came out of the fire and latched itself onto Paul's hand. And you know what Paul did? You know, and when they latched into, into his hand, uh, the, the barbarians, the inhabitants, the local people, they said, this, this man must have killed somebody. He must be a murderer. And God is punishing him because he escaped the, the shipwreck and he made it so far. And now this snake is going to get him. It's a poisonous snake, venomous snake. And what Paul did, he shook the beast into the fire and felt no harm. He shook the snake off into the fire and nothing harmed him. How be it they looked when he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly. But after they had looked a great while and so no harm come to him, they changed their mind and said that he was a god. Now they said, oh, there's no harm come to him, so he must be a god. And... Uh, in the same quarters were possessions of the chief man of the island whose name was Publius who received us and lodged us three days courteously and it came to pass that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and of a body flux to whom Paul entered in, entered in and prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him and when this was done others also which had diseases in the island came and were healed who also honored us with many honors. And when we departed, they laded us with such things as were necessary. Now, this was, uh, this is the last miracle we read about in the, in the book of Acts. And this is interesting because they came out of a, out of a shipwreck and, um, and Paul, you know, held on to that spar of wood and they were washed ashore. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, once they were washed ashore, soaked to the bone, they, Local people came and helped them, they lighted a fire and they Paul threw some extra sticks into the fire and suddenly this poisonous snake comes out of the wood and latches onto his hand and they said, this man must be extraordinarily evil, maybe he's a murderer and God is punishing him. Well, nothing happened to him maybe because Paul just shook the snake into the fire and nothing happened to him. Then they say he must be a god. And then one of the leaders there, his father was sick and they, they suddenly you know, uh, asked Paul to come to, uh, you know, and so Paul went to this man's father, Publius was the man's name, and laid hands on him and prayed for him and God healed the man. And when they saw this, suddenly all these other sick people came and, um, and Paul prayed for them and they were all healed. Hallelujah. And they were all healed and then, then, and then they were honored and they left with honor from that place. Now, reminds me of a story uh, I want to tell you years ago, years ago, many years ago, I was in the state of Orissa in India. And uh, some of the brothers said to me, you know, there's a leprosy hospital. There's some lepers there. Uh, there's one brother. He's a leper. He's a believer. He has leprosy. Can you please come and, and pray for him? So I said, sure, because I'd seen lepers, you know, leprosy is a terrible disease. It eats up your flesh and it's just terrible to look at. So uh, they took me to this leprosy hospital and they say, it's the fourth building there. And uh, they, they said, aren't you? I said, aren't you coming? They said, no, 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 we are, we are not going in. 
I said, why? Why is contagious? I said, well, you're sending me in. They said, no, no, but uh, you, you're the man of God. We, you, we'll stay in the car. So I couldn't get them to go with me. So anyway, I walked in. And uh, I've seen individual lepers, but walking into this room, into this hospital, it was the worst thing. It was like hell on earth. There were these two rows of beds and there were like maybe 12 or 15 people on each side and they were laying there and the stench, I had never smelt anything so horrible in my life, the stench that came from that place. And there was human waste, people had urinated and there were feces on the bed and on the floor and nobody was looking after these people. And this is supposed to be a hospital, it was filthy, it was filthy. And they had told me that he's on the last bed on the left side. So I, uh, I, I said, oh, I have to go walk through this crowd. And I went and, you know, and, and, and their flesh was rotten, their face, you know, the flesh was gone. And they, you know, I mean, there was unbandaged, it, it was terrible. I can't even describe to you. And the fresh flesh was falling off their body and the stench. Anyway, so I somehow, I, I took a deep breath of fresh air outside and uh, uh, and I rolled up my sleeves and I walked all the way through that hall right to the guy on the left and I, they had given me his name. I used so and so and his flesh was rotten away. He looks horrendous and so uh, he said, yes, brother. I said, I've come to pray for you and God will heal you. And I laid my hands on him. I didn't, it was so revolting, but I thought, I have to lay my hands on him. I laid my hands on him and prayed for him in the name of Jesus, rebuked that thing. Then I turned around. I, I thought I was going to vomit at that moment. I, I couldn't stand it. I started walking away. As I had walked a few steps, some of those lepers sat up and they began to cry. They say, oh man of God, don't leave us. Please pray for us. And they jumped out of the beds and threw themselves around me and grab my legs and some, someone grabbed my arm and, and I, I just began to weep and I began to lay hands on them and pray for them in the name of Jesus. And when I began to do that, all that, that horrible feeling I had about these people, it just left and the Holy Ghost, the anointing of the Holy Ghost came on me and I was praying, I was praying. I prayed for each one of them and then when I left the building, I, I kind of held my hands out like this, you know, before I, I had to wash them somewhere. And I came out and anyway, a couple of days later, they told me, they said, Pastor, we have heard from the leprosy hospital. He said, oh, those people have been healed and God has done miracles there. Hallelujah. I didn't get any details except just that God had healed people there. And, you know, uh, the, the, the thing is that no matter what situation you are in, like Paul was in that situation where the snake had bitten him and, you know, they thought he's going to die. But, you know, the anointing was still there and he shook that snake into the fire. And, and then, you know, the leaders took him. He said, you must pray for my dad. And he prayed for his dad and his dad was healed. And then all these other people came and he was, they were all healed. And there was a move of God there. Then they honored them and showed them great honor and let them go on their way. Beloved, even when we end up in a place because of a, a some kind of storm or a difficult situation, I... You know, remember the Apostle Paul that even in that situation, God was with him and God is with you and me in whatever situation we are. We can always bring the power of God down. 
bring the power of God down in whatever situation we are in. Hallelujah. God is a good God. Now, I want to end. This is the end of our story in the book of Acts. And tomorrow, I'm going to start talking about, I'm going to tell you how you can minister to the sick. Having, you know, knowing about the ministry of Jesus, the healing ministry of Christ. And first we studied the atonement and the healing ministry of Christ. And then we talked about the, uh, the uh, healing ministry of the apostles. And with those lessons in our hand, in our hearts, how do you and I pray for the sick? We're going to talk about that. We're going to start with that tomorrow. But I want to end with the following. Firstly, we have learned this far that healing is an integral part of the gospel. Uh, the gospel we preach isn't just a gospel of salvation with healing on the side. No, no. Healing is an integral part of the gospel because Jesus paid the same price for our sins as he, pray, as he paid for our diseases. He paid the price for our sins and diseases at the same time, in the same place, at Calvary. So healing of the sick is an integral part of the gospel. It is not an add-on. It is not an extra. Secondly, we know that healing is always God's will. It is always God's will to heal the sick and we don't see anywhere when God did not want to heal anybody. Thirdly, healing is something that Jesus actually died to obtain for us. Jesus died. He paid a horrible price to obtain physical healing and mental healing for us. Fourthly, healing of the body and the mind are evidence that Jesus Christ is risen and alive because a dead Jesus can do nothing. But a living Jesus does the same things that he did when he walked on this earth 2,000 years ago. Fifth, healing is the power of the risen Christ manifested. If people want to see the power of the risen Christ, the resurrected glorious Jesus, miracles are the evidence. Let me pray together for you. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters. I pray for every home, every family. I pray, Father, that this, this is a time, uh, you know, as uh, Father, as we are going through these lessons, it's not just a time of listening, but it's also a time of learning and equipping, Father, so that my friends who are watching this can go forth and you can use them for your glory to touch many lives. I ask you for healing in their own bodies and healing and life in their families. Bless them with every blessing in Christ. Lord, touch their lives. Use them in Jesus' name. Praise God. So this is uh, how we have ended our, uh, our part on, of the, about the healing ministry of Jesus. Tomorrow we're going to start talking about how you can be used by God to heal the sick. God bless you.